Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 213. This show is brought to you by Trustpilot, helping potential customers find your clients so they can make better buying decisions. And OS Training, keeping your clients and yourself on top of learning WordPress and WooCommerce. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as we join Kathy and Ronald as they take another step into the future with yet another awesome Do The Woo guest. Welcome to another episode of Woo Visions, where we discuss and discover what the future will hold for, in this case, WooCommerce. Um, I'm joined here by my co-host, Kathy. Kathy, welcome. Good to see you, Ronald. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really good. Thank you very much. And we're joined by um, our guest, Tom Greenwood, who's the CEO and also co-founder of Holgrain Digital, uh, an agency that just marked their 15th anniversary here in uh, in London or based in London. But I think you're very, very uh, global. Um, Tom, if you don't mind to share a little bit on uh, on your, well, in a nutshell, your last 15 years of, uh, of Holgrain Digital um, and what whole green digital actually is. Sure. So thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, 15 years in in nutshell. Um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> Vanita, my wife, and I founded Whole Grain in 2007, um, really to use design and technology, like digital technology for good. So working with organizations, doing something positive in the world, helping them get the best out of the web. Um, and... And in, along the way, trying to run our business in a responsible way, socially and environmentally responsible. We certified as a B Corp uh, five years ago, exactly five years ago. And um, and really, as, as part of going through that process, we actually started asking ourselves deeper questions about the environmental impact of the products that we design and build and learned all about the environmental impact of digital technology. And that's sort of become really a, a specialism of ours over the last few years that we've done a lot of work trying to raise awareness around the environmental impact of digital technology and, and what some of the solutions might be. So, yeah, I think that's kind of brings us, brings us up to speed. I think that's a beautiful summary. Um, so what led you to that um, approach of, of working with, uh, well, sustainable and with the sustainable companies? And maybe what came first? Did they come to you or you approached them? How, how did it sort of start up? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it came sort of before Holgrain, really. I actually studied uh, product design at university as a physical product design, not digital product design. And, um, and I was really interested in environmental issues and I kind of wanted to see how could I reconcile these two things of like designing stuff that's going to be made in a factory and shipped around the world and probably thrown away. Um, and actually wanting to do something with my life and my career that was kind of environmentally responsible. So that was like a big research area for me, um, at university and, and in the first few years of my career. And then I kind of latched onto digital really as kind of stuff I was doing on the side and suddenly started thinking, you know what, this is really exciting. Digital, you can create value for people without the physical stuff and the environmental impact of it. So that that was one of the things that got me interested in actually going down the kind of digital design route. And um, and then in terms of working with those types of organizations, doing something good, that was just 
it's just who I want to work with. <laughs> and and in terms of did they come to us? I mean, for the first few years, that was it was very hard. Eh? We <laughs> we had very few clients, <laughs> and uh, um, but gradually, gradually they did come to us. I'm basically very bad at sales. Um, I'm not a salesman, and neither is Vanita. So we really just kind of put our best foot forward, did good work, and hoped that gradually would get a reputation and people would come. And and here we are, 15 years later, and it seems to have worked out. How important was it to stick to your values? You know, because it's so easy to, you know, especially if you're struggling and you have wages to pay, you have um, developers, you know, they're not cheap. And, you know, to say, ooh, this is maybe not quite the company that ticks all the boxes, but, you know, what? Well, Let's do it. Or to say, no, we're going to stick to our guns uh, and this is who we are and we're not going to work with this company but stick to the uh, to the ones we want to. Yeah, it is really tough. Um, really early on, we introduced like a screening process where we would kind of grade projects that come in to us as briefs, as, as green, gray or red. Green is like, this is going to do something really good in the world. We're super excited to work on it. This is This is why we're here. Red is like a list of things. It's like, we just don't want to work on this stuff. Um, and, and gray is like everything in between that doesn't quite fit in a box, which actually often is, 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 is most things, um, in reality. But even with that, like the truth is that it can be, it's been really hard at various times over the years. Exactly as you say, like every business goes through like kind of good times and hard times. And, and especially in the early years when everything is hard, um, you can't be quite as picky. I think gradually as time went on, um, we got more confident about if we, if we say no to things that we don't feel right about, then like it'll make space for good things that will come and we'll build a reputation for doing that type of work and we'll get more of it. Um, and so, and that has, that has played out, but there's still been times when you have a little wobble and, you know, like you said, you've got salaries to pay or you just get an offer that like, it's really good offer, like financially, and you're like, Ooh. <laughs> I'm really, not, I'm really struggling to turn this one down. Um, yeah. And I did an estimate recently. I think we've turned down about seven hundred fifty thousand pounds worth of projects over the years. Um, wow! In terms of like stuff that we just said no to on a kind of ethical grounds. So it's like a big potential loss of revenue, but then at the same time, we've still, we've still done okay. Like it was, you know. Got a thriving agency. That's a good heading for a blog post, isn't it? I mean, quick calculation, that would be a, probably a million dollars. So turning down a million dollars for... Uh, yeah, it is a million dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do clients come to you wanting to have their website designed with green thought, you know, d sustainability in mind? And um, how, how does that conversation start? Yeah, that's a great question. So until until really quite recently, um, I don't think like hardly anybody had ever really thought about the environmental impact of of digital technology and websites, and certainly not certainly not clients that were coming to us. So when we first learned about it, um, we were very much taking the topic to them and trying to explain to them that this is something that we wanted to pursue within the project alongside their other goals. And and at first, like we got a lot of funny looks and. They're a bit skeptical, but as long as we promised them, there was no downside for them. <laughs> they were like, well, look, you do whatever you want on the side. <laughs> Let's just deliver what we just deliver what we're asked for. Um, but interestingly, I think it was January last year. Sorry, no, January the year before that. So 2020, 
um, we got our first ever brief that had a line in it that said, we want this website to be designed and developed in a way that has a low environmental impact, which was really exciting. And since then, the, like the, the, the number of briefs that are including that has, has increased steadily. And, um, and now when even clients that don't include it, when we talk to them about it, they don't seem as phased by it. They, a lot of them, they're like, oh yeah, okay. We've kind of vaguely heard of this concept. And if you're going to do something about it, that's, that's great. So I think, I think it's changing quite quickly. Um, and probably we're getting more of the clients, you know, we're probably not representative of like the whole of the web design agency market. Um, we're probably getting more of those clients that are already engaged in these issues, but it's interesting how it does seem to be something that people are now thinking about. Do you, do you feel like it's a differentiator in your business that you can um, that you can make a better connection with clients who are more environmentally focused? That that drives the relationship more. Yeah, I think so. I think I think any client, whatever it is they do, they want to work with people who understand what they're about and care about you know, making what they do successful. And so, so I think for us, like the fact that like our whole team is really passionate about environmental issues and human rights and so on means that those types of clients, when they come to us, they're not just coming for technical expertise. Like they're getting a team of people who are really wanting to immerse themselves in the issues and, and help them on their journey and really kind of give it their best. Um, so there's a kind of a, an alignment of, of minds. Yeah. Nice. You're educating your clients um, and also your team members, or maybe the team members are educating you, but you're also educating the world on sustainable web design by uh, writing a book, which you published, I think, top of my head somewhere sometime last year. Yes. Um, what led you to writing the book and what's been the, the, the reception um, since where you are now with it? Yeah, sure. Well, you're absolutely right about my team educating me. I, <laughs> I sort of, I said when it came out, I said to the whole team, I feel a bit guilty that my name is on the front of this book. <laughs> I've basically taken everything I learned from you guys and written it down. <laughs> but, um, I think they appreciate the credit you're giving them now. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's on record now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the reason for writing the book was the fact that like we'd learned about like the environmental impact of digital technology is huge. And we learned about this a few years back, realized that almost nobody was talking about it. And, you know, to give you a little bit of context, annual greenhouse emissions from the internet are somewhere between like two and 4% of global greenhouse gas emissions, which is, it's got to equal to or greater than the aviation industry. And we all kind of, we're aware that there's like a big environmental impact from aviation and there's a lot of attention going to that and the need to reduce it, but we're, not thinking at all about digital because it just seems like it doesn't have an impact. So that was something that once, once I became aware of it and, you know, the rest of the team became aware of it, it felt like we really need to like champion this cause and, and raise awareness of it. And I was aware of the fact that there's loads of books out there on topics that are, um, you know, technical topics and like human focused topics like accessibility and privacy and security and so on. But the whole kind of web design sphere seemed to be pretty quiet on the topic of environmental issues. And, and I just had this feeling, even though books kind of feel a bit old fashioned, um, <laughs> I had this sense that if there's a book on it, it's a real issue and we should be talking about it. Um, I love the books by Book Apart. They do like, you know, loads of really interesting topics and they're really easy to digest. So I, I pitched the idea to them and, uh, and thankfully they, they were excited about it. 
Yeah. Well, and what's the reception been from uh, from the readers and the audience? Yeah, it's been really good actually. I I was a bit nervous because you know I spent a lot of time <laughs> I spent a lot of time writing it and editing it, and it was quite a painful process. And then and then suddenly it got to like releasing it, and I I had all these worries. It's like, what if nobody, what if nobody reads it, or or worse still, people actually do read it and they think it's rubbish. But thankfully, thankfully the response has been overwhelmingly positive and seems to be selling pretty well. And and it and I've had loads of people message me and say how they've been changing, you know, their design approach or the development approach. And they've been talking to their colleagues and so on. So that's really exciting. And you have a website, Carbon Calculator, and I just put my site in and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> what kind of metrics are we looking at when you have when somebody's putting their website in and you're looking at how their impact on the uh, environment? Yeah, sure. So um the two main metrics, so we, the, the website carbon calculator is free for anybody to use, and it gives you an estimate of energy and carbon emissions. So you can you can find that website carbon.com. But the metrics that we're using is basically we're looking at like data transfer, and we're looking at the energy source in the data center. Um, and then we have an equation behind the scenes that kind of from that works out like how much energy would have been used in the data center, how much energy would have been used in the telecoms networks, and how much would be used on the end user's device. And then convert that into CO two emissions. You could like there's lots of nuance to that. Like you you could go down the rabbit hole and you could you could develop a far more advanced formula. Um, which, and we do have a more complicated formula that we can use internally. But for a, like a quick, dirty estimate, um, that's what that's how it works. I mean, if you're getting a really high score, the two things to look at would be like where are you hosting it, and does your host have a commitment to using renewable energy, and that's um, it's just a straightforward question. Just ask, you know, submit a support ticket and ask them, or or just go on their website and search for it. Um, chances are, if they do, they will be wanting to tell you about it. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it shouldn't be too. If if they don't answer you or they give you a vague answer, that that's probably mean probably means they don't. And then and then on the other metrics, it's really kind of about efficiency. So. In terms of that score, it's mainly about the size of the files um, that are being transferred. But in terms of the, if you get more detailed about it, you also, you know, you could think about like how much computation is being done on the server and how much computation is being done on the end user's device. And um, those things are super important. I was just going to ask if, you know, getting back to e-commerce and WooCommerce, are there specific challenges to sustainability for merchants that they should be considering? I think e-commerce is interesting because e-commerce is on this kind of intersection of the digital world and the physical world. So I think from a web point of view, most of the stuff that you do to make the actual e-commerce website more efficient would be the exact same things you'd do for a non-e-commerce website. Um, the only things probably that may be a little bit different that you want to really look closely at is like dynamic content and how can you like cache that in the most efficient or deliver that in the most efficient way because you've you know you've got people adding things to the shopping cart and you may have like personalized content recommendations and these sorts of things that um that may not be quite so easy to cache but um but most of it would be like the same approaches you'd take to any website but then you're at this intersection of the physical world so you've got this opportunity to like have an impact on what happens out there beyond the internet so you know can you guide people to make more efficient 
like purchasing habits? Can you educate them about the environmental impact of the products they're buying, of the shipping methods? Can you guide, can you like use the user experience design to like kind of nudge them towards, hey, this product is actually more and um, eco-friendly than that one, or this slow shipping method is actually more eco-friendly than like air freighting it to you to get it there tomorrow. Um, so, you know, and actually, yeah, so there's lots of things you could do, I think, within the e-commerce experience that could have a like a, a an impact on the physical world beyond just those like direct emissions of the website. Hey, everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. You know how important reviews are to your client sites or even your own boo shop. So why not check out the world's leading review platform where over 626,000 websites have been rated and reviewed. Trustpilot integrates with WooCommerce not only to help with getting more reviews and displaying them, but it also gives you the benefit of SEO. Every month, over 4 million reviews on Trustpilot helps potential customers find your clients and helps those customers make better buying decisions. Using Trustpilot with WooCommerce transforms reviews into traffic, sales, and customer loyalty. All you need to do is head over to the WooCommerce Marketplace and get their free extension. When you build a client site, after the fact, you are doing one or two things. Continuing to help them maintain their site or simply handing it over. Now, whatever the case may be, you need to give your clients even more confidence in running their Woo shop. OS Training has a great collection of WooCommerce tutorials that will help your clients get the most out of their site. And as a bonus for you, the builder, you can also find training to enhance your knowledge as they continue to grow their WordPress and WooCommerce developer training. So whether it's for yourself or to help your clients understand and take control of their Woo shop, OS Training has you covered at ostraining.com. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Have, have you seen um, innovative ways of uh, sites? Or maybe you have a, an e-commerce site you've developed yourself, but merchants use innovative ways to educate the user and to really you know, have that from start to delivery, um, have as low carbon impact as possible. Yeah, I think one of one of the nice examples is um Backmarket. I don't know if a few guys have used Backmarket, but um what is it? It's a it's an e-commerce store for refurbished electronics. So in itself it's like really good for reducing um the environmental impact of digital technology because it's create, you know, making it easy to find good quality refurbished stuff. But on every product it tells you like the environmental benefit of buying this product over buying a brand new one. So if you want to buy like a new if you want to buy an iMac, you can buy the refurbished one of Batmarket, but it tells you like how much e-waste you'll be saving by doing this instead of going to the Apple store and buying a brand new one. And um, I think it's really, really simple. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's not difficult to do. Um, but that sort of thing, I think, is really nice. I don't see many like examples of this being done really well. I have seen some examples where like the shipping, for example, like they'd highlighted like the carbon emissions of the shipping or have an option to like offset the emissions of shipping, for example. And there is a, ah, oh, I, sh- I should have, I should have swatted up before this podcast. There is, <laughs> there is a plugin that does this that you can plug into, into WooCommerce. Um, and it will actually like add a little option 
um, in WooCommerce so that you can offset the emissions from the, the shipping, which is really great. Yeah, and, and but do you think people need to be rewarded or made feel good to opt for um, you know a better option? Is that is that the trick for uh, merchants to 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 push users to make the right decision? I think so. I think to be honest, in an ideal world, all the options available would be super eco friendly, and all the shipping options would be. Yeah, a man riding his bicycle to your house to drop it off. Um, <laughs> or a girl riding a bicycle to your house, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but um, but in reality, you know, like people want choice and merchants are offering them like a variety of options. And I think in 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 that world, actually like making people aware that like, hey, you know what? Like these, these two products are kind of equivalent, but this one is like more eco-friendly than that one. Or you know what, if you can just wait three days for this to be delivered instead of having it tomorrow, then that would actually have a benefit. I think there are some things where you could nudge people and they would say, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that other one and I'll wait three days. Um, but people don't have that information. If they don't know there's a difference, they, they'll just choose the one that I can have tomorrow and it sounds the most exciting. So I think there's a big opportunity for merchants to take people on that journey. Are there any trends that you're seeing in... Um, website design that's specific to WooCommerce? Because I know WooCommerce does take more energy than, say, just you know, a standard WordPress site. There's obviously a lot more going on computationally. Um, are there things that merchants can do on the server side to make things um, more sustainable? It's a tricky question specific to, to WooCommerce. I, I think the number one thing you could do, other than just like basic stuff that you'd probably do any performance, like having really good caching on the server. I, I think the one thing I'd say is just keep it as simple as possible. Because the thing about WooCommerce is it can like it can grow into a beast, like a complicated beast. Not and that's not just on the front end, but like in terms of all the options and the like, you know, the all of the controls that you have in the back end for you to manage things can get really, really complicated. And the more complicated they become at the end of the day, like the more computation is having to be done on the server. So if you can keep it as close to like the base model <laughs> as possible, like the more the more you ex expand it, there's like a kind of compounding effect of computation required to like cross pollinate all of these different options and like kind of uh, visual like they, like dashboard insight tools that you're like putting in there for yourself and stuff. So I think the less of that stuff you can add, the more efficient it's going to be, and and probably the easier it'll be to maintain. Do, do, do you think that um, for a WooCommerce site owner who has a number of options for getting their storefront online, they could Shopify and there's all kinds of other different ways of doing it. Is there anything um, within open source that lends itself more to sustainability in terms of, you know, more hosting choices, more control um, that makes it better in the long term for a choice for someone who's a new merchant that's trying to really make conscious choices about sustainability? Yeah, control is really the key thing. I mean, the one benefit of things like Shopify is that if they may, if they did everything perfectly, uh, <laughs> everybody on that platform would benefit and that would have like a really big impact because it scales, you know, they change it once and everybody gets the benefit. But on the other hand, if they don't, then the reverse is true. So the, I think the great thing about open source is that you can host it wherever you want. So you can ask your web host if they're using renewable energy and 
you know, whether it's a, like the, the energy efficiency level of the data center, um, also the, like the location of the data center, because that makes an impact. If you're like targeting, especially with e-commerce, um, you might not be targeting a, you know, global audience, even if you have people all over the world visiting your website. In reality, if you only ship to the US and you sell things within the US, then that's where your visitors are going to mo- mostly be. So you can make more specific choices about like where the data center is. But you can also, but then you can also optimize it. So, you know, things like Shopify, I think they're getting better at like front end efficiency. Um, just, I guess there's the more demand for things to be, um, fast to load, but some of those platforms have been like historically quite inefficient. Um, whereas if it's open source and you've got full control over it, you can optimize to the nth degree and there's nobody stopping you from doing it. So, so I think that that's the big benefit is that. You can take it as far as you want and really kind of get the best. But we are still, you know, um, looking into sort of more awareness and and small changes and and educating the the web developer and maybe the merchant and you know educating the user or the buyer. We haven't really started making a huge change. I mean, you've just shared that the. Uh, um, the web is, you know, equally polluting as the aviation industry. What are the, the the big gains that you think we are not utilizing to make a, a much bigger impact on the environment? Well, <laughs> I think the, there's a lot. Of, the thing about the web is, is a, a, how long do I have? Is is what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it's it's trillions of tiny things. So with the thing about the aviation is, it's like there's a few big things that are like jetting up into the air and spurting out fumes. Um, and you can see them and you can be like, okay, we need to do something about that. The web, it's like, it's trillions of tiny little things. So it is so many websites with images that are not sized correctly and they're not compressed and they're not served in the right format. And they've got autoplay videos on their homepage. And, and this is just like, I'm just a website. So obviously if you take the internet as a whole, then, you know, these days that's much more than just websites. And then you've got, you know, you've got websites that without server caching and they're hosted in a data center that's like super inefficient and it doesn't have a renewable energy supply and it's, it's not even near the target market. I mean, there's loads of people who like buy cheap hosting from American companies because there's lots of American companies that offer really cheap hosting. Um, but they're not actually in the US and their target audience is not in the US. I mean, that in itself is super inefficient. It is like loads and loads of these little things. And I think. The thing that's the big thing that's missing is the conversation, because I think once you start the conversation that, hey, this is something we need to be thinking about, then the little things actually are kind of relatively intuitive. Most of them, you can, they start falling into place. But as long as the conversation is not on the table, then we're just kind of glossing over it and, and nothing gets done. It's so easy when you start talking about sustainability, even beyond the the web, you, you think about all of the big businesses and how they pollute or, you know, how much of this, you know, two to 4% is Google's fault or Amazon's fault or whatever. And then, you know, what I do for my particular website, which apparently needs to be moved, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my one little choice compounded by all of the different web developers with a website or consulting with their clients. And and it feels like it's a small decision that isn't going to have a big impact and that the environmental concern is big business or that person or that organization. And it's so easy to like, to rationalize yourself into not making a change. 
how would you address that? I'd say that it is easy to think that way. And it's true that the big businesses do have like a big chunk of the responsibility that they they need to to take. But equally, the web is kind of unusual in the sense that a lot of it is made up of small websites made by individual people. Um, you know, like the fact that like 40% of the web is WordPress. Um, and yes, there's a few like really big organizations using WordPress, but actually most of that is not huge organizations. It's individuals, it's small businesses. So actually, like the, a big chunk of the web is people like us, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and and those things matter because they add like individually that one little thing I'm doing makes a tiny difference. But if we all do it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, isn't it? It's it's education and that that one thing, that one habit of finding the right host or scaling images that that you know certainly could be replicated but it's also viewed and loaded by hundreds and millions of of users and then suddenly that that tiny little thing that we've done as a developer makes a huge impact yeah yeah that's that's actually a really powerful thing we all have in our hands we do exactly so going in five ten years you know it's all about the future it's big vision big thinking tom what's on your wish list (laughs) <laughs> what's on my wish list um my wish list is that 10 years from now let's say five years from now my wish list is that you can't buy hosting that's in a data center that doesn't use renewable energy like that should we shouldn't have to be making that choice that should just be standard wherever you host it it's you know that's taken care of and then my next big wish after that is that like efficient practices are just kind of mainstream in like web design and development that that's not something that people think of as an extra but it's just normal um because it's not just the environment that'll benefit it's user experience as well because i I, it frustrates me that the internet if you actually look at average web page load times over the last 10 years they're pretty much flat and if you look at like internet speeds over the last 10 years they've gone through the roof and it's like hang on a minute like everybody if you talk to anybody they're like i love i, I love fast websites <laughs> i don't like waiting for things to load and then it's like well but that's they're not any faster than they were 10 years ago like an average website and that's insane like when you consider how much faster the internet is so my hope for like five years time 10 years time is that the internet will be genuinely like blazingly fast if you know the internet speeds will be so much faster if we just don't let's just not erode that benefit keep things more efficient than they are now and in the future you won't the idea of waiting for a page to load would will be a thing of the past yeah i think that's uh, that's actually a really good thought it's uh, it's all down to us individuals but um help having tools and and frameworks and plugins to help us guide making the right decisions it, it is it is awareness it is a conscious decision all all the way through um yeah, hopefully in five, ten years' time, we can we can get to that beautiful green web that uh, that we are actually <laughs> desperately longing for. But uh, yeah, and then we'll be having a conversation about. Do you remember when we used to talk about greening the web? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I sincerely hope that was just a you know a distant memory. It's like oh, look yeah. look what we have achieved, and not thinking like we had a conversation and look what happened. Nothing has happened or very little. So. I think this is uh, it's really inspiring uh, for me. Um, sometimes you just need to be told and be made aware of of the things you can do. And I will certainly uh, review a lot of my uh, hosting decisions, even if they are a few years old. 
um, because I feel I, I owe that. Um, don't know about you, Kathy, but uh, it seems you'll, you'll be doing the same. <laughs> so we have a bit of homework to do. Definitely. I'm a little obsessed right now about changing my hosting schedule. So. <laughs> well, you're brave enough to actually put your site into the uh, calculator and, and I'm even scared. So no. Um, well, thank you very much, Tom. Thank you, Kathy. And we'll see and speak to you all next time. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Trustpilot.com, the world's leading review platform that integrates with WooCommerce and gives your clients that extra benefit of SEO with their free extension on the WooCommerce marketplace. And for WordPress or WooCommerce training, or both, whether it's for yourself, a client, or a team member, OSTraining.com has you covered. Make sure to follow us on Do The Woo at Twitter, on the podcast here at DoTheWoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on doing the woo.